I'm Laura. And I'm Georgiana. And this is Decanterbury Tales. Hello. She found the button. She found the button. I know. Y'all, I was sitting here just being like, where is the record button? Where is it? We did it. <laughs> she found it. We're back and we're together at last. Ooh. I know there's like an interview where Georgiana did it by herself. There's an intro episode, last episode, where I'm by myself. We're together again, everyone. We're here. Don't worry. The band is not breaking up. The band's not breaking up. There's just a lot of shit going on. And I feel like everybody can kind of relate to that. Just the summer. It's the summer. You're here. I'm here. I'm not here. You're not here. Work. It's just summer is crazy. So as we say, we're doing the best that we can always. Yeah. Hashtag doing the best we can. Until Um, we die. And we're back. And this is a read cap episode. So fun. You didn't have to read anything to listen to this episode. And talk about stuff. Yep. And you do get a little extra info um, wrapping up the spare room with uh, Andrea Bartz. I've got the wine pairings to give you a little bit of info there. I posted the picture. So I hope that y'all have gone to get them because they were delicious. And uh, Mm -hmm. now you know about them. You're like, I'm here to tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so this is a recap episode where we talk about the things that we enjoyed and read or didn't enjoy and read um, for Q2 of 2023, season three, man. Woohoo! Woohoo! But first, we banter. We banter. And like, Georgina had a lot of stuff going on. Um, I don't. What's up with you? <laughs> I, I like I really don't even know why I left y'all off last time, but I'll just start with the most interesting thing is I got back from Scotland the other day. I'm so jealous. Um, and it was amazing. We spent a week. Definitely need a little bit more time there. We were already talking about what we would want to go back and do and how we would want to do it, but um it was it was beautiful. And um this is my first time out of North America, uh, post COVID I've been, you know, to Grand Cayman and I've been to, uh, Canada, but across the pond, if you will. And, um, pond it, hopping. Felt, it pond hopping, it felt so good to pond hop. I honestly, this is the longest I've ever gone in my life without going to Europe. And I didn't realize how much I missed it. I, <laughs> she's flipping me the bird. <laughs> Um, oh woe is me the I feel like you know there's like this beautiful thing about when you go to Europe when you're like you you get to the point where you just want to eat french fries because you've literally had the same cuisine over and over and over and over and over again and you're like I want pizza and I want french fries (laughs) so luckily the scouts are really good at making french fries Um, excellent chips excellent chips. So I had a lot of chips. There was like a meal that I was like, I'm going to have chips. Thanks. Chips and a beer, carb load. Why not? Um, but the really cool part about Scotland or one of the really cool things for me, at least is that that is where JK Rowling wrote Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so you see the window of a coffee shop, the inside actually burned down, but they can point directly to the window where she sat and wrote Harry Potter one, Harry Potter two, uh, the 
graveyard, there's a grave that's Tom Riddle. And so that's where she got him. It's spelled differently, but her inspiration is everywhere. It's a mix between, for uh, Hogwarts, it's a mix between a school that now is like $50,000 a year to send your child or 50,000 pounds a year to send your child and Edinburgh Castle, like if you cut it in half, put it on top. I went to one of the filming scenes for the Black Lake and the fourth one where they do the second task. That's so and cool. I was just like nerding all over the place. Went on a Harry Potter tour. We had to be divided into houses. Obviously Hufflepuff won. Obviously Hufflepuff won because the girl and I that were like both on Hufflepuff were like crushing it. Um, <laughs> y'all are like we are Hufflepuffs obviously we're here <laughs> like, and he said apparently like that's actually who wins every single time is Hufflepuffs and I was it, like it tracks it tracks it tracks I'm like we're nerdy and we're very kind and we're like oh Harry Potter tell me more um <laughs> but loved <laughs> loved some international tours yeah that sounds pretty Hufflepuff yeah and so I will definitely be going back to Scotland. I want to spend some more time in St. Andrews. I saw where um, uh, where all the royals go to St. Andrews University. And um, it is the tiara. It is the cutest little beach town. And I literally just want to like rent a house there and run away. So that's really the big thing that's been going on with me. Add it to our life plan. Add it to the life plan. Yeah. Because... I really want a little beach cottage there. It's also the birthplace of golf. If uh, Of golf? Of golf, yeah. They have the old course there, which was main golf course and how it started. Um, super interesting, went on a tour there. I mean, I could go on. So I'll keep it as brief as that, but definitely go to Scotland if you um, haven't been. Yeah. Well, I'll add it to my travel to-do list. And I did not eat haggis. I couldn't do it. No haggis. Remind me what that is. It's the stomach and it is cut in half and the insides are taken out and it's mixed with others and then it's put back in and, and it's boiled. So boiled stomach filled with other stuff. Yeah. That you then eat. So it's like stomach digestion inception. And they, they've kind of like redone it so that it's not so like, um, they've gotten rid of of the stomach casing for a lot of it. Um, and I am y'all, I am making like the most like, no, thank you. It's more like boudin. Okay. I can accept that. Like I'll eat some interesting things. Like I love, like, give me some pate. I love pate. Give like. I just draw the line. Like, I, I don't like escargot. I've tried it. Whatever. It's butter. It's just an excuse to have butter. I don't like it. Like, it's gross. So, I, like, this falls in that exact same realm. I I know people who really liked it. I know people who really hated it. And at the end of the day, there were a lot of really good chips. So, I just went with French fries. You're like, you know what? Why eat this when French fries exist? Chicken, stop. Chicken has discovered this, like, ball of stuffing paper from a gift and he keeps, I keep shoving it somewhere and then he'll grab it and then pull it out. And then he just wants to rip it into tiny pieces. Kittenhood. But he just celebrated his first birthday. Oh, happy birthday, chicken nugget. May 23rd. Hmm, sweet baby. It's fun. All right, he's over here being bad. What else? What else have you been up to? It is summer. 
besides Scotland, you know, whatever. I went to the beach. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I went to the beach. My dad came in town. Hi, dad. Um, dad. I worked. I don't know. I kind of like everything else is like very. Uh, Scotland's on the brain. Well, yeah, you literally just got oh. back like two days ago. So cool. We can all um, be jealous. Yeah. And I hope one day to follow in your footsteps. Please go. Um, 100%. What uh, you been up to? Well, summer. So Jack has been home. Jack is my 14-year-old. He just turned 14, which is wild. He is absolutely oh. bigger than me. It's like so crazy. Tall. He's like a solid half a foot bigger than me. We took a picture next to each other for like, and it finally like hit me how much bigger than me he is. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> he looks... I look like I'm two feet tall standing next to him, which is fine. Um, so he just turned 14. So that was it's exciting. Crazy that baby Jack stuff. is that big. I know. He's not a baby anymore. Uh, what else? We also went to the beach. Went to Orange Beach in Alabama, the Redneck Riviera. You know, we go there all the time. You'll hear me talk about it all the time. I love going. I just went for a couple of days, not very long. Because um, I had to get back for work. Um... I haven't really done a lot outside of that. Like I've just been kind of keeping on, keeping on. I went to Mississippi Comic-Con. So that was fun in Jackson. So that was a, that was a fun event. Saw a lot of people, took a lot of pictures. So if you are following us, I, we did get some followers from Mississippi Comic-Con. So hi to those of you that met me at Mississippi Comic-Con and then followed the podcast. Happy to hear, happy to have you here. Hope you enjoy. Um, I got like really I haven't done a lot I've just been doing a thing like normal schedule stuff you know it's good I that's honestly what I'm looking forward to is the month of July to be very normal and to kind of like get in my groove except I saw that in Philadelphia anthropology is having a warehouse sale and on all of their furniture oh yeah and so now I'm like, do I need to go to Philadelphia to go to the warehouse sale? And I'm like, no, Georgiana. You're you like, don't. no, you don't, but. So that's the only thing really standing in my way of. Uh, Staying home. Normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, anthropology. I know. Look, when I was little, there was a, um, a bed in anthropology that was a metal four poster bed, canopy mm -hmm. bed. and he it was like the top of the bed was like tree branches and like little leaves in hot iron or in metal and um it is my dream bed and um you know maybe maybe that's where it ended up I have never been able to find it since well uh, if I go I'll find it for you yeah just let me know you know, you know shipping and I'll pay you shipping and handling <laughs> cool got it <laughs> oh. oh man all right. Well, I guess that's it. What have you been reading, watching, listening to? Well, I traveling, you know, really gets me reading. I read three books in a week and I'm proud of that, but I am currently reading The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. It is the prequel to The Hunger Games and it is the story of Snow 
who's oh wow president in the first in those hunger games and yeah only hell in a handbasket it is so good it is good okay like i'm flying through it i started it friday night and it's 500 pages and i'm 323 oh wow in i um, love books like that though it's so good i can't wait to finish it so that I can really tell you a definitive like ranking and feeling on this, but like so far, fan freaking tastic. Woo! I bought it in Scotland, so it's like a little souvenir. Oh, also, I love stuff like that. Also in Scotland, guys, I bought a bookmark that is literally a green finger. I'm obsessed with it, and for someone who has you were self-proclaimed anti-bookmark, so for you to be like, look at this bookmark. It is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, what does I, the back of it say? It said, it's ARK who made it and it says the green finger. <laughs> and it's it's leather, so it's thick. Ooh. And it's got like a metallic ring painted on it, y'all. And like the your your veins, or not your veins, your, your creases in your fingers are all oh, like in blue metallic. It's wild, but I now am going to buy like a ridiculous amount of these bookmarks and then I will share them all with you you're like um, I just want all the finger bookmarks not even the fingers I'm gonna move on to the tattooed arm Ooh. I'm I like the nude sunbather I also like um there's one that's called book lovers and it's two naked people wrapped around each other a lot of naked people but okay all right and um so art. It's art, exactly. So highly <laughs> obsessed with this bookmark. They are $12.49 in US dollars. I had to calculation. Yeah. Expensive for a bookmark. That's why I'm like, I hate bookmarks because I can literally put a piece of paper there. Anyway, I digress. Watching. Like, but I digress. <laughs> it's the greatest bookmark ever. I am watching Platonic on Apple TV. And y'all, if you are not watching Platonic on Apple TV, get on board. It's with Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. And it is so, so funny. Hysterical. I, I don't even want to tell you anything about it because it's so good. Um, and then because we were in Scotland, another thing that was filmed in Scotland that everybody mentioned the whole time we were there is Outlander. Yeah. And I had re- I had watched the first two seasons and then I gave up um I haven't seen it I actually JK I watched the very first episode yeah and Alex was like okay I need to watch this show now that everybody's mentioned it so many times so we started that and then listening to Smartless and Taylor Swift because Speak Now came out I'm I'm very much so contemplating going to go get the um vinyl Mm -hmm. because they're purple then there's three different versions of it I do not blame you I almost bought some Speak Now merch. I am obsessed with Taylor Swift. And y'all, while I was over in Europe, I obviously was looking at um, the Taylor Swift uh, European tour. And I looked at the summer to try to figure out how I could be, make my summer vacation where Taylor Swift was playing so that I could go see her again, 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 because the tickets in the US are over a thousand dollars a piece for nosebleeds. Yeah. And I can't do that. No. 
That's, so. I actually know someone who, uh, in Mississippi who got, she's in like, whatever the like most expensive VIP tickets are for Beyonce. They're like, there's like a section of stands that are like basically on the stage. Um, she got those tickets to see Beyonce, but in Spain. So it ends up, it's like $300 because Spain apparently has some sort of like cap on like ticket sales. Like you can't jack up the prices and stuff like, like there's some sort of rule on that. So she's like, yeah, it's cheaper for me to actually fly to Spain and go to a span, like have a Spanish vacation. And then one of the nights we're going to go see Beyonce. That's awesome. I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty great. That's, I'm going to take, take a note out of her book, but for Taylor Swift. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. I'm on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so you that's what you're watching, listening to. Yeah. Oh, my turn, huh? Yeah. Yours. Uh, reading. So I'm currently reading shout out, big shout out currently reading, uh, will there be wine by Whitney Hubison? I hope I'm saying that right. Don't kill me. Uh, if it is very, very cute, I, she sent us the book and then you also can have it. If you have a Kindle unlimited subscription, it is free with Kindle unlimited right now. So you can go download it right now. Will there be wine? Uh, so I will have more to say once I finish it, but thank you so much for sending it and y'all hop on that train right now. So that is what I am reading right now. I am also currently reading Threads of Yoga, which is just like a philosophy book about yoga and, um, watching, I just finished, I know it's been out for a while, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the TV show on Disney Plus. I went and saw the Spider-Verse movie that's out. Did I talk about this on the show yet? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, I went and saw the Spider-Verse movie. Did not know that it was a cliffhanger. Very mad about it. Uh, and then I also have now seen Elemental, the new Pixar movie. How was it? Very cute. Uh, in the way that Pixar is, and the way that WALL-E is Pixar's statement on like the environment and global warming and like trash. Mm-hmm. Elemental is Pixar's statement on like immigration. Okay. Yeah. It's very much so. It's a it's kind of like on it's a little on the nose, but I'm about it. And I enjoy the like cultural aspect that they went with. Okay. It feels very, very Romeo and Juliet, but not like our families hate each other. It's more just culturally. So you the storyline, once it starts playing out, you're like, oh, I've seen this story, but it's very cute displayed this way. Well, I want to go see it now. That was a good endorsement. And it's very, um, the animation's really pretty and the music is nice. So I'm about it. Oh, you need um, Watching. And I also watched Mer People on Netflix. I am obsessed. I watched all of it. I also finished all of the que- the latest Queer Eye season that came out a while back. Love that. But Love yeah, that. I watched the Mer People on Netflix. And it's actually really, really interesting and a really fun show to watch I like binge watched it so that's what I got and then listening to Taylor Swift I am listening to Dolly Parton's audiobook um I bet that's really good yeah it's really cute she sings in it and like she's just cute she like sings little things and stuff like that and then uh what else am I listening to it's kind of it 
Um, and oh, and that's most up an SVU podcast. So <laughs> always, always creatures of habit sometimes when it comes to listening. I know. I haven't really started any new podcasts in a while. Um, but I feel like some of that is just because I like what I like. Well, for work, I've started listening to some neurodiversity podcasts. Ooh. Um, I'm not loyal to one in particular. It's just, you know, if there's a topic on, uh, a, uh, certain neurodiverse population, whether it's um, ADHD, whether it's um, autism, uh, dyslexia, dysgraphia, um, that's super interesting to actually learn about. And some of them are very on the science-based side of like how the brain functions that way. And um, also Temple Grandin, if I haven't spoken about Temple Grandin is the coolest person on the planet and I'm obsessed with her. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was my nerd moment. Neurodiversity. <laughs> Speaking of neurodivergence, um, I have, I have ADHD and I'm on uh, Vivance and I'm sure if you, any of you listeners are on Vivance, you probably also know what's going on right now, but apparently um, Vivance is going generic which is huge step um, because Vivance right now is only brand name and it's like $500 a month. Mm. And so if your insurance doesn't cover it and it's really the only, it's the only option for some of like, if you need specifically like what Vivance does. So it's going generic. So right now, if you're struggling because it hasn't been released yet, Vivance like brand name is not making more because they're not gonna be able to sell it. So there's like a Vivance shortage <laughs> So you have all these poor neurodivergent people being like, I don't know what to do <laughs> because my man's is like not making the medicine, but then like, they keep saying like the generics are coming. <laughs> so it's, it's a strange time, but it is a good step. It's exciting that, you know, Vyvanse is going generic, but very difficult time right now for anyone that needs it. Cause you're in the in-between. Oh man. Yeah. It's wild. But it's also cause like a lot of people's insurance is, um, they said that the generic would come out in June and it's now July. It didn't come out in June, but a lot of people's insurances stopped covering Vivance brand name, not generic because they thought the generic would be out. Lord. It's wild. It's wild. Like the American healthcare system and insurance is ridiculous. Anyway, a, a pill to make me like, it should not cost $500 a month. Anyway, just, oh, I'm praying. I'm praying for you, Vivance users. We need it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really like, and I mean, I genuinely am like, oh, my heart is with you. Because... The amount of squirrel you're about to get <laughs> from people not being able to get meds. They're going to be like, I can't focus. It, listening to the neurodivergent podcasts, like why people need it and how it, because I know people with ADHD, ADD, all of those that take it, but, and then until you listen to the scientific explanation of how it works with your brain and how it helps you and levels the playing field in your mind does it like I'm like so sympathetic to the fact that y'all can't get it because I learned science about why it works yeah yeah oh. my my pharmacist was like well talk to your doctor and see if you'll go up 10 milligrams a day 
because we can get that, but they apparently whatever percent, whatever dosage I'm on is hard to find right now. So he's you're like, like the size seven of Vivance? Yes, right now. Uh, he's like, if you can go up 10 milligrams, I can get you a month's worth. I'm like, so I just got to like talk to my doctor and just be like, hey, for one month, we're going to screw with this prescription. But that's also so bad for you. Sorry, guys. This is <laughs> it just is. Like, become like a whole thing. Yeah, no, it's wild. Anyway uh because oh and also there is a chewable version of Vivance and uh my insurance won't cover the chewable version because I'm an adult and I was like but you won't make the swallowing kind <laughs> anyway <laughs> books <laughs> anyway books I was like uh yeah no the American healthcare system ladies and gentlemen mostly ladies uh <laughs> oh Squirrel, uh, do you want to talk about your wine pairings? For I will game? talk. I will talk about my wine pairings. I'm just thinking about how this conversation is the perfect explanation of why people need Vivance. Like <laughs> how that conversation trajectory just went. Yep. There you okay. go. Yep. There we go. <laughs> um, so I have two wines to go with the spare room. The first one is a canned one. They're both rosé, y'all. Sorry, I'll like- it's summertime. I'll diversify next month, but I am just in a mood. And so if I'm going to buy wine, I'm going to drink what I want. So you're going to drink what I want. Sorry. Um, it's our so show. So I started with, it is our show. I'm starting with house wine. So they have it in bottles, boxes, and cans. I went with the can because it's summer. And so all of this information is from their website, Original House Wine. So a little bit about the company itself is created in 2004 in Walla Walla, Washington. House Ooh, Wine. That's fun to say. Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Washington. House Wine conceived by ex-rock and roll manager and award-winning Washington winemaker, Charles Smith. Inspired by Europe's easy to enjoy, unfussy everyday table wines that bring people together. Smith's vision was to create delicious quality wines with that same easygoing sensibility and iconic yet simplistic look, a house pour for all. Since that time, oh, how house has expanded. From our humble Washington beginnings, we continue exploring the best ways to enjoy house wine wherever life might take you, from our classic everyday bottles and boxes to convenient and activity-driven cans and pouches. In 2021, House Wines became the first wine brand and product to win the Wine Enthusiast Social Visionary of the Year Award for its partnership with the human rights campaign, HRC, the nation's largest LGBTQ plus civil rights organization. Conceived of nice. the brand's founding belief, everyone is welcome in our house. House Wine pledges a portion of the proceeds from its rainbow products to the HRC, which now include rainbow rosé bubble cans, bottles, and pouches. So pouches, pouches, yeah. So nice. The, so the one that we picked um, was the limited edition rainbow rosé. Um, price at Total Wine is five dollars and forty nine cents per can, and each can is two glasses of wine. It's 12.5% ABV. It is gluten-free. And so $2 of um, 
every case sold goes to HRC and uh, it is a crisp and elegant aromas of fresh berries lead to lively citrus flavors on the palate, bright, fruity, and flavorful. It pairs best with anywhere you can take pride in diversity and yourself. And I picked- okay, So it's like a really good pairing. Yeah, I picked it's this- Lots of themes. It, lots of themes here. Uh, Spare Room was, you know, as Andy said, her most personal book on her journey of self-discovery and her sexual orientation. And, you know, she felt very vulnerable and brave. Um, and she is very vulnerable, very brave in her book. And so it only seemed fitting to support the LGBTQ plus community with our wine selection. And it's also delicious. And again, it's canned and pouched so you can bring it. You can even bring the box to the beach if you wanted to, it's if you want to get for adventures. Smack the bag on the beach. No judgment from me. Um, but it was really, really lovely wine. And the cause is top notch and it's really pretty. So the other one that I picked is the Lune de Saint-Rosé d'Anjou. I can't pronounce it. It's French. But Lune de Sens, and that translates to one of the senses. And on the bottle itself is the mouth with the biting of the lip, which I just felt very like kind of was cheeky and coy with the book. Mm -hmm. A little, little spicy, if little you will. Spicy. And, you know, one of the senses, you know, everything in that the book kind of felt very heightened because we weren't supposed to be touching and not breathing each other's air. And so all there was something all up in the space. All up in the spaces. So there was something about of one of the senses that kind of really fit with uh, the book there, along with the spicy cover um, or spicy label. And it's $12.99 a bottle. So totally in our um, acceptable price wheelhouse. It's like I said, French. It's in the Anjou Appalachian. Um, and the region is in Loire, L-O-I-R-E. Loire. Loire, thank you. That's why I needed her to spell it so she could pronounce it. She's the French one here. Gotcha. Uh, Loire. Croissant. It is a rosé and blush wine um, that is crisp, featuring red currant and raspberry. It is 11% and a medium bodied. Um along with that fruity uh, notes of red currant and a raspberry, it's balanced with fresh mineral character. Fresh minerals. Balanced with fresh mineral character, character, along with berry notes and a crisp finish, make this perfect pairing with tomato salads, barbecue grilled meats, spicy foods, or even cherry pie. And I will That's very say- very versatile. That's a lot. It was a touch sweeter than I normally go, um, but for summer, and I hate saying it, but with a little bit of ice in there, you know, it it works, especially just because I like spicy food too. So everything I tend to tend to eat is spicy. So it really kind of worked for me in that regard. Um, but I also wanted to cover something since I did go a little bit drier with the house but the house is not that dry either. It's more just like table wine. That's kind of like, okay for all. Um, 
but it is a little sweeter than I would normally go, but provides a good alternative from what we normally kind of cover on that sweetness spectrum. Yeah. So, and I, I shared remember. my 0% ABV pairing on the episode, on last episode, which is the Curious Elixirs number four. So if you're interested to hear all about that, go back an episode and go listen because I share all about it and it's delicious. So there you go. You've got three pairings this month, y'all. Boom. Nailed it. Nailed it. I know. Shall we recap? Yeah, let's move on to books. Do you want to go first since I just, you know, chatted about wine for a minute? So I have been listening to books. I, that's it. Like I have not really, I started Happy Place by Emily Henry uh, right before I got The Spare Room and I got like a couple chapters in and was like, eh, I'll pick this up later. It just was not like vibing with me at this time, which means I'll probably pick it up in like three weeks and read it all the way through and be happy. So I have and been- Hmm? in a happy place yeah yeah yep I said um so I have been just listening and listening and listening to books and what I've got right now is you know of course I was on a kick with Queer Eye so I went through and went to see what all from the Queer Eye cast who had books out and they all have audio books out so if you have Audible and have credits on Audible, highly recommend kind of going through these. So I did Over the Top by Jonathan Van Ness. I did Karamo by Karamo Brown, Naturally Tan by Tan France. There is a Queer Eye book just called Queer Eye and it's narrated by the whole cast. And love that story by also by Jonathan Van Ness. So those are the ones that are out right now by the Queer Eye cast. Out of all of those, Karamo by Karamo Brown is my favorite. It is just a fantastic story. He, they're all narrated by the author, which is helpful. And I think I've said this on a previous episode is that while I love Jonathan Van Ness and I love his story and I love his attitude and his spirit, for me, it's just a lot of high energy constantly. And to me, I just need something that's a little bit more calm <laughs> listening. And so, but Chroma by Chroma Brown, incredibly good, incredibly good story. Outside of that, I also listened to How Y'all Doing by Leslie Jordan. So if you're familiar with him, uh, he has passed. Um, but you probably, a lot of, he got really big on TikTok during the pandemic. And then also he's in a lot of like sitcoms. So it's just a really, really good book. He narrates it. Very fun. A lot of anecdotes about his life. And then I also listened to Friends, Lovers, and The Big Terrible Thing by Matthew Perry, which is also narrated by the author. I'm kind of on a kick of narrated by the author. And yeah, The Friends, Lovers, and The Big Terrible Thing for by Matthew Perry is really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really goes in his addiction specifically and dives into that dives into that I mean Karamo does too I mean I feel like everybody Jonathan Van Ness Karamo Brown and Matthew Perry all talk about their struggles with addiction and Leslie Jordan they all talk about their struggles with addiction um, of various kinds and specifically Matthew Perry's the big terrible thing is his addiction and how bad it is and what 
he even talks about like leading into getting the spot on friends and they were multiple times that like Jennifer Aniston would like come talk to him and be like you're gonna get our show canceled like it is going to be your fault and just like the pressure that was on him and like there's times where Chandler's like super skinny Mm -hmm. and that's when he's like rolling drugs and there's times where Chandler's like super healthy looking and that's like when he's sober and so like it's just wild to kind of I watched the show as it was coming like you know I remember I love friends everyone loves friends and so to see kind of the backstory for him of what was going on behind the scenes at that time and what his life was like it's just it's really eye-opening and uh yeah no the more I listen to like these stories from people in the um entertainment industry it just gives a lot more empathy and humanity to them and I know at some point in the last couple of weeks they also came out like Tom Holland doesn't drink anymore um they didn't like go into like big but Spider-Man Tom Holland like and Zendaya apparently like doesn't drink whenever she's around him or with him at like premieres and stuff because of it so it's just weird to see like not weird but it's just kind of eye-opening to see how that all that plays together through all of these biographies and like that's just kind of a common thread right now and of course it's something that I'm reading a lot about (laughs) as I'm you know dealing with my life and very open about it um and things that I'm talking about so I don't know that's what I got I feel like a lot of what I'm reading right now is you know addiction and recovery based well what I think is super interesting to your point um you know many of these books came out pre-pandemic during pandemic um post-pandemic But I think what we're seeing now is the effects of COVID and being at home and drinking a lot and that becoming normalized and then being released back into society and that our habits are not sustainable. And like, there's that, that meme that's like, why would I go out and, you know, pay $10 for a pour when I can go home and fill up the whole glass for, you know, 12 bucks for the bottle. But like, that's the kind of, and that's called the COVID pour, you know? And so I think that there is a, um, a recurring theme of people recognizing their reliance on substance and how unhealthy that is. And the fact that we're not okay with it being so normalized. Yeah. And, um, you know, here we are a book and wine podcast, but, you know, now we're bringing in the other side of what can happen. And, you know, like. I think we're slightly more inclusive now. I think we're much more inclusive now. There we go. And you know, there's different walks of life. And I think it's important to say that drinking and not drinking, both are okay. And both can walk hand in hand. And you've got to be respectful of the people around you. And that's, I think the world that we all kind of need to live in is that everybody else's choice isn't wrong just because it's different from yours. Like be kind, drink the mocktail. They're great. There's actually a lot of really, really good ones, so. And how, I mean, since we're on the topic, 
are these books and narratives like how are they a good like resource in your recovery and or you know if you want to care to dive in about that a little bit so one of the things that um they push I am in an AA program so there are multiple ways to recover not everyone goes through AA um I am and it's very helpful for me and something that AA really relies on is community and connection and that you find your story and you'll hear bits of your story in everyone else's story so it's very much so you're not alone you're not special AA will tell you you're not special um nothing about anything you've been through is worse than anything else anyone else has ever done if you share something there's a very much so likelihood that someone did it better than you backwards and in heels like in terms of like you're not special bad and so in in a lot of these recovery stories you see bits and pieces of yourself and it makes sense and there's a lot of places in uh specifically in addiction where you're sitting there going like I didn't know that other people that one what I was thinking wasn't normal and that two other people felt like this and that it's not just me and there's a lot of things that you know the characteristic of like an addict or an alcoholic of that like bum in the park with like the can that's wrapped in brown paper it's like oh well if I'm not that then I'm fine and the the reality of it is that like 90% of people with issues don't look like the bum in the park. Um, and so it's just an interesting take on the recovery journey and really seeing different people's paths. And it's hard. And like you see, like with Matthew Perry's, he had to like be hospitalized and like has severe like internal damage, like internal organ damage. Like he was literally about to kill himself with his addiction. And so I did not get that far, not even close. Um, but it's just interesting to see the different ways that people find recovery and how they do it. And yeah, I mean, part of it is just when you read other people's stories or, you know, it just makes you feel like you're not alone in it and that it's way more normal than it is like a stigmatized. For sure. And I mean, I thank you for being so open and vulnerable about it because I know that that's not easy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it's it's super important to talk about, you know, as, as you're saying that these stories mean something to you and you can see a little bit of yourself or you're a little bit of your story in each of these stories. I'm sure people listening can see a little bit of themselves in your story and know that you're helping them in turn too. You're paying it forward. So Word. that's like step whatever. I don't even know. I don't have the steps memorized in AA. Sorry, y'all. It's 12. There's 12 of them. And one of them is to be helpful to other people. Like that's literally like life purpose. AA gives you some sort of life purpose. And that is to be helpful to other people. So hope that helps everybody. <laughs> Well, feel free to write us an email to canterburypod at gmail.com if you have any other questions. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I think the serenity prayer is like applicable to life in general. Oh, to everyone. Yeah. At all times. Help me to control the things that I can control and help me to like not try to control the things I can't control. 
Like yeah. lesson for everyone, addiction or not. Yeah. I was yeah. like, everybody's in recovery from something. Yeah, it's for true. Well, <laughs> I I did not read memoirs. I, I was like, I'm sure you have much better topics to discuss that are a little bit more lighthearted. So let's yeah. segue into what you've got going on. Okay. Yeah, some lighthearted books here. I read uh, 20 books in Q2. So I'm not going to talk about all of them or would be here all day. I feel like that's like a common theme. Um, but I did want to shout out, you know, about half a dozen, a little more books. Um, two books that I read uh, that were really poignant, uh, were the children's Bible by Lydia Millet and another Brooklyn by Jacqueline Woodson. Both of these books are under 200 pages. So short little reads. Um, the first, uh, the ch a children's Bible is about the generational divide and another Brooklyn is about race, friendship, and the loss of friendship and innocence. Um, another Brooklyn was, uh, the national book award finalist in 2016. So it was um, very well uh, received. And these two books, I just think that, um, especially another Brooklyn, it was almost written like poetry. Mm -hmm. um, and then a children's Bible was also very lyrical in how it was written. Um, so both were like pleasure to read the verbiage of those books. Is so, it like anything else that we've covered? Honestly, no. Those so, two, no. Okay. Those two are kind of um, off in their own little world of just some great books that I read that are closer to the next great American novel side of things. And not that the books that we pick are not fantastic, um, but they're a little bit denser, harder to get through, things okay. like that. Um, and so in that regard, that's how I mean it. Um, it's more of I, an intellectual read. I would not be surprised if those books were discussed in English class. Got it. At some point in life. Um, then two well-known books that I read that were excellent. Uh, Carrie Soto is back by Taylor Jenkins Reid and the last thing he told me by Laura Dave. Um, so Carrie Soto is my second favorite of the Taylor Jenkins Reid universe books behind. Oh, really? Yeah, I would put, I put it above um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Oh, wow. Everybody loves Daisy Jones and the Six. I thought it was fine. Sorry, y'all. Unpopular opinion. You're like unpopular opinion. Um... But we're going to continue. And then uh, Laura Dave's, um, the last thing he told me was a Reese Witherspoon pick. And I understand why it was. And they've made the Apple show with Jennifer Garner. Um, I started watching that a little bit, but that was a really, really enjoyable book. So I get why both of those are so popular. Um, because that's one of the things, like you're reading Happy Place and you're not vibing with it in the beginning and everybody's like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot of like cult following books out there, especially under from... Uh, really prominent authors and you're trying so hard not to say you don't like coho <laughs> Verity was pretty good um but no it's just it's not for me and these I thought were really good for being such like 
cult favorites. Um, so then I wanted to thank uh, Random House for sending us an advance release copy of Fireworks Every Night by Beth Raymer. Now, yes, thank you so much. Thank you. First of all, the book looks like the 4th of July, but it's got pink on it instead of red. And it's really cute. And I'm not, this is like not a book that I think we've covered anything like on Decanterbury Tales. Um, it is, it's got some heavy, some weight to it. Um, but it was really, really good. It's a story about survival and some of the things that this girl, her name's Cece, survives, like I could see them coming, but once they happen, that did not make them any less impactful and less like hurtful. Reading that with her as she lived it, it was so good, y'all. It was really kind of like being like friends with someone when you're like watching stuff that they do and you're like, you know, it's coming and you know, it's going to hurt, but it doesn't make it hurt any less. Yeah. she she like had me on her side and I was just like oh I want good things for you Cece I want good things for you um (laughs) but I I highly recommend reading that y'all it's know that it's not going to be a light read but it's also not a very long read either no it's pretty short um and I read it very quickly like two three days It's, it's easy even though it's not particularly uplifting um So another book that's kind of out of our typical purview that we cover, but was wonderful, was The Syndicate Spy, a Juliet Arroway novel by Brittany Butler. So thank you to my boss, Edie, for gifting me a signed copy of the book. Um, So the author, Brittany, before she became an author and wrote the book, she actually worked for the CIA. And so, so cool. Yeah. Draft after draft of this book was not only edited by her editors, but was edited by the CIA. And um, so this is as close- Is like a redacted copy somewhere? (laughs) Probably Brittany has it, yeah. Um, But this is probably as close as you can get to a like CIA-like operation sort of book um, as you can get. I will say that um, the romance portion, you can tell that she doesn't know that quite as well. And I think that's probably because I've read romance books where like they're so good at writing romance and she's so good at writing the war terror side of it that it kind of falls a little flat next to it. But, 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 but I am so invested in the love story, even though I didn't think it was like that great of like not my, my favorite part of the book. Holy heck. I want to read it's a it's a Juliet Airway novel so there's going to be more and I will be reading more because I want to know what oh. happens in this love story so the thing that didn't keep me there is what's going to bring me to the next one so maybe it's better than I thought it was then um I read uh Paranisi by Susanna Clark it won the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2021. If you liked, um, if you like Madeline Miller's work, she wrote Song of Achilles, Circe, things like that. Yeah. Fantastic book. Really, really good. Um, not a particularly long book by any means. Um, 
but the imagery is the most the book is literally one character but the imagery is incredible and being painted that world was um pleasure for my my oculuses um then i guess my last book that we should talk about we'll just go out and say is our july book <laughs> we really need to get one of those buttons uh, I, yes we understand also that it's already like oh to over a week into the month of july but you get what you get and you don't throw a fit so yep. this is our july book pick i'll post it like to the story now so you can get ahead of it before the episode but it is i should say what it is <laughs> the secret service of tea and treason by india holton and let me tell you y'all this is like a little about bringing us back a little bit of Bridgerton vibes. We're in the Victorian era. This is technically like the third book in the series, but India Moore has made this kind of world. And so the novel can be read standalone. That's how I read it. But I am definitely going to be going back to read her previous book so that I understand this world so much more richly. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to like talk too much about it, but it's I'm just trusting you here. I'm just diving in. I ordered it and I'm going to start it. <laughs> it is, it is about two spies. This is on the back of the book. It's about two spies that, um, go on. A, I can read it. You want me to read it? Yeah. Read it. That's better. <clears throat> two rival spies must brave pirates, witches, and fake matrimony to save the queen. Known as Agent A, Alice is the top operative within the Agency of Undercover Note Takers, a secret government intelligence group that is fortunately better at espionage than at naming itself. <laughs> From managing deceptive witches to bored aristocratic ladies, nothing is beyond Alice's capabilities. She has a steely composure and a plan always up her sleeve alongside a dagger and an embroidered handkerchief. The classy lady. So when rumors of an assassination plot begin to circulate, she is immediately assigned to the case. But she's not working alone. Daniel Bixby, otherwise known as Agent B, and Alice's greatest rival, is given the most challenging undercover assignment of his life, pretending to be Alice's husband. Together, they will assume the identity of a couple infiltrate a pirate house party and foil their unpatriotic plans determined to remain consummate professionals alice and daniel must ignore the growing attraction between them ooh la la especially since acting on it might prove more dangerous than their target brilliantly bonkers romping fun uh which is the little attribute on the bottom by Chloe Lewis, author of Two Wrongs Make a Right. And I, I, I literally wrote in describing it, it's a romp with a heart of gold. <laughs> Let me reread that. It's a romp and a half with a heart of gold. Nice. And I put deliciously bingeable, ridiculous. And um, it's absolutely brilliant. And one of the things that I really love about it, um, is that it has two neurodiverse characters at the helm of the novel. And 
So we were talking about neurodiversity earlier, and here we are bringing it back at the end. Guys, I just just take this book for the- We got joy. pirates, we got witches, we got espionage. This is amazing. It's, it is so ridiculous. It is fantastic. Bring it on. I, I, I was just reading this book and I was like giddy. And very rarely do books make me giddy that they are just so great. And so like Laura will tell you, my face is beaming. Talking she is, about she looks quite like glowy. She's very, she's very happy. It's the I natural do we all want. Just read this book and you'll have the natural do we all want. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, the Secret Service of Tea, of and, tea Treason and Treason by India Holton, y'all. Go buy it. Go enjoy it. Have a lovely July. And we'll talk to you guys at the end of the month. Bottoms up. Stay weird. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Decanterbury Tales, a boozy book club podcast. If you've loved what you listened to, don't forget to write us a review. It is the best way to share the love. Enjoy our website, decanterburytales.com. Write us an email at decanterburypod at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram at decanterburypod, Facebook, Decanterbury Tales, the podcast, and on Goodreads, Decanterbury Tales. Bottoms up and stay weird. Cheers.